Hello, <laughs> welcome to Bitches Love Sports. Ooh, what's up? I'm I'm bitch two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bitch one. What's up? Um, and this is our first episode. Don't judge us too harshly. So, <laughs> bitches love sports. This is a podcast about bitches who love sports and <laughs> the way we love sports. Um, we're, we're, we're sports fans. We like watching the game, but we also think the way that we love sports and the way we interact with the sports world is different than some people. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> to, to put it that way, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> so we're just going to express our thoughts and, and opinions. We're going to give our opinion. Yeah. Thoughts, <laughs> opinions. This is a terrible intro. <laughs> All right, so first first things first, Suns versus Bucks. All right, so last night was game four. Number four. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that night to end with the Suns being up 3-1. <laughs> I think a lot of people were. I know I was. <laughs> like, I just knew that after game three, they were going to come back with a vengeance, and they kind of did. Devin Booker came back like... He was hot last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's hot all the time. <laughs> As soon as I said that, I knew it. As soon as I said that, I'm like, all right, well, I made my own bed on that one. <laughs> Even when he only scores 12 points, he's still hot. But <laughs> last night, he was especially hot on the court. Um, <laughs> to be you technical know. about it. <laughs> yes, I mean, 42 points. Like, he, he came back with a vengeance, like I oh, said. Sure. Um, but as a whole... Well, let me ask you this. As a whole, is it that the Suns let us down? I don't even know who you expect to win. Who do you want to win? Because I know <laughs> I want the Suns to win. I, you know, I I didn't really like, so my team is not on the playoffs or whatever, but I wanted the Suns to win because I really like Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, really, really like Janice too. So I was very torn. So the third game, I was like, oh, okay, maybe the Bucks will come back. And then... Watching it last night, I'm like, all right, well, it's over. And then my coworker is from Milwaukee. Well, he's from Wisconsin. So I'm like, oh, you know, we'll have something to talk about. But I don't know. I think I want the Suns to win. I really want the Suns to win. And I like Giannis, too. I really do. I've liked him for a long time. I love him. And last night, he was was I like when he plays aggressive like he did last night. Because, one, it is hot, like you said. Like, there's a big difference whenever he's being like, oh, I'm I'm the Giannis that's going to stay away from the action and and shoot threes. And as as opposed to the... Did you see the interview after the game? I didn't. When he was like, because they were asking him why he left. And then he was like, well, how do you say this politely? He was like, um... I had to tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking adorable. You gotta move. You gotta move. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the that attacks the paint and makes phenomenal phenomenal blocks yes. on the opposing team. Like yes, yes, super super hot. Yes. Um. So with that being said, like I I wanted to see the Suns win because I'm a Chris Paul fan. I have loved Chris Paul since he was with the New Orleans Hornets. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. I really want to see him get this ring. But last night, it really did feel like a combination. It felt like the Bucks turned up. So the Bucks won. But last night, and I hate to say this out loud, but Chris Paul especially disappointed me with all the t- turnovers. That's just not characteristic for him. Mm-hmm. It felt like the Suns really let this game go. And so when I was thinking about it, like, did the Suns lose or did the Bucks win? For me, I had to come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, the Suns lost. Because the Bucks were turned <laughs> up the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. But the Suns, for the most part, maintained a lead. But oh, in that fourth quarter, they just kind of fell apart. There were turnovers, there were missed shots, there were unnecessary fouls. There were falls. <laughs> and I feel like had had they been the same team that they were for the other three quarters, it would have been close, <clears throat> but they would have won. I believe um, so. I believe so. I was shocked. That fourth quarter, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. I, like, but, but honestly, like, it was hard for both teams to score. Like, it was hard to make a basket for both teams. Like, they were mm-hmm. not making a basket. It was like, what's happening why are you not what is your aim now what happened what happened in this quarter (laughs) yes for a while it was like that it 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 seemed like it was going to be a very low scoring game yeah so 
Um, so on that note, we're talking about how the Suns pretty much lost that game for themselves. Do you think that would have still been the case had Devin Booker not ended up with five fouls? Because what the was it? About the million dollars. Seven-ish, nine-ish minutes, something like that. Yeah. Devin Booker got five fouls and ended mm-hmm. up going to the bench. Mm-hmm. They put um, him on like what? Like it was like four minutes left. Four uh, it was minutes? it was more than that. It was it, it was somewhere more around, than, it was around five seven minutes. or nine. No, minutes. no, 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 no. Hold on, we, hold yeah, on, hold on. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get that fact because we were watching it. He he got sent to the bench. It was like maybe ten minutes left and nine minutes left, and they put him back. Are you talking about when they put him back in? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I think they put him back in about four minutes. Oh, I th- okay, I think that's what you're asking. Yeah, you're no, asking I was when asking when they took got, him out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it a was good like, five yeah. minutes plus yes, that he was yes, out of the game. Yes, and it felt like that's when the Bucks were like, okay, we don't have to worry about this guy anymore. Yeah. At least he's gone. Yeah. So now we're about to like really take off. Yeah. So it sounds like you're kind of in agreement that had had that not happened, the outcome might have been a little bit different. Well, I have a lot of feelings about that because I do believe that the Bucks should have taken a lot more advantage of those five minutes than mm-hmm. they did. But I also don't like the fact that, quote unquote, one person makes the team. So just because Booker was out doesn't mean that the Suns couldn't have won. But... It failed from, like, watching it from outside. It felt like, oh, shit, we lost Booker. Now what are we going to do? Like, they all lost it. They all were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? Like, now we're like, we just need to maintain. And they barely maintained it. Like, it was it was a little weird to watch, honestly. Because, like, yeah, he's great. Like, he's going to make the Hall of Fame, whatever. Like, he's great. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they could have won anyways. They just lost it too because he was out for five minutes. Yeah, something definitely got in their heads. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching a show this morning and, and one of the talking heads in the sports world said something about how like there must be something wrong with Chris Paul. And I'm like Whoa. But <laughs> okay. I don't know what he meant by that. I was like, does he mean like residual effects of COVID? Like I don't- <laughs> You know, um, and I, I don't think I would go so far as to say, like, there's something wrong with him in general, but something definitely happened in that fourth quarter yeah. just because, like, especially one turnover, it didn't even look like it was a forced turnover. It looked like he just fell. And he I was just like, fell. Yes. Yes. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, yes. It was wild. It was just wild. Like, very unexpected. I don't know. It was weird for me to watch that. Yeah, so um, I definitely wanted to see the Suns go up 3-1, but that's not where we are. Now we're 2-2. A lot of people are excited. They're like, oh, now we have a series. I'm like, it just makes me nervous. I'm like, (laughs) I don't care about having a series. I want to see my team win. I want to see Chris Paul get this ring. (laughs) I mean, it's good to know that we'll have more basketball. That's awesome. But, like, Uh yeah, now I'm just stressed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You were stressed out last night when we were texting. I could tell. I could feel it through the text. <laughs> this me out. I'm like, I, know. I was like, I was, I'm so upset. I'm so disappointed. Um, so let's get back on the topic of Devin Booker. <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> no, this is a real topic. I'm not just talking about him just to talk about him. Although I could, I can talk about Devin Booker all day. I'm but... well aware. <laughs> <laughs> so he said something in his um, post game interview. They asked him how it felt to score 42 points and still have his team lose. And he said something that I thought was pretty insightful. He said, um, I'm paraphrasing here. He said that since the objective is to win, it doesn't matter how many points he scored. The objective is to win. So whatever happened during the game, it happened. And since they didn't win, that's all that really matters. Like, you know, pretty much we get the W or we don't. Like, I'm not thinking about, like, oh, I scored 42 right. points and my team let me down. It's like, no, as a team, we should have got the W and we didn't. Team player, good for you, Booker. Team player, I thought it was an insightful response. Yeah. I thought it was a mature response. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to go tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Giannis alone. <laughs> The, the press is the one who asked him that ridiculous question. Why would you know, ask somebody something like that? I know. Like that? This is another thing, too. Like, why would you ask that question? <laughs> what well, doesn't matter Because to the you? press is nosy. But we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But the press is nosy. Um, 
But it kind of made me think of another comment that an, another talking head made um, when, when referring to Booker and, and the fouls that he got. So in the fourth quarter, he, he got benched with five fouls. <laughs> but then he came back in the game, and I don't know if he thought his fouls reset. <laughs> I'm back to zero. <laughs> like, I don't know if he thought you sit out so many minutes, it's like you just go back to zero. I don't know what happened. No, but for real, he was playing aggressively the entire game. Right. And so... That's how he got to 5,000 in the first place. Mm-hmm. And someone said that since he knew he was at 5,000, he should have played more conservatively. He should have made better choices when he came back because he was running the risk of, of fouling out. And, I mean, let's be real. Had the refs been calling everything, and I'm not going to say that they were playing favorites with Booker because a lot of calls are missed. Like, there are good calls, there are bad calls, oh, there are missed yeah. calls. Oh, yeah. Like, it, we're all lot. humans. Yes. It, it happens. Yes. You know, but... For whatever reason, <laughs> he should have fouled out probably three or four times, <laughs> and they just they whistles were broken. They, they were like, "Is this thing on? It's not yes. working." I, I don't know what's happening. That quarter felt like the whistles were broken. Yeah, like, they were. <laughs> you do you boo, whatever floats your boat. We're just gonna be watching from the sideline at this point. Right. As a matter of fact, it was like it's not even that Booker thought his fouls reset. It's like the refs thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like, maybe the refs were like, this game is too close. If, if the Bucks lose, they're not going to say it was because of us. Leave right. that man in. I don't right. care what happens. Right. He's going to stay in the team. We're not going to give you an excuse. We're doing it for you anyway. <laughs> right. I don't know what happened. Oh, goodness. But anyway, so yeah, someone said that his, that that was a sign of immaturity. I didn't think it was a sign of immaturity. I just thought it was a sign that he was a competitor and he, when he saw certain moments that, in his opinion, felt called for being more physical, more aggressive, he did what he felt he had to do. Because, as he said in that post-game interview, he was more concerned with getting the W. And to me, that just says he trusted his teammates to get the job done if he fouled out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just didn't want to drop the ball in those specific moments, you know? And so, like, so what do you think about that? Because I, I feel like we see physical players all the time who might foul out, who might mm-hmm. foul out on what we feel like are dumb plays. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody say those players are immature. Yeah. You know, it's like we've seen players <laughs> get unnecessary technicals, get fined for ridiculous oh, for things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, even when Patrick Beverly broke. Devin Booker's nose <laughs> and nobody was like he's playing like a child <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's it's playing like a two year old with a tantrum <laughs> yeah. they were like well you know Patrick Beverly is very physical he gets in people's faces and I'm like so I'm like what is this like yeah. what do you what do you think about those comments I don't know I feel like I don't think he I, I, I feel like he was playing the same game that he was playing before he got benched for those five minutes. He was not being more aggressive or less aggressive. He was playing the exact same game. Yes, that's why he got all, all the fouls that he got because it was but it was a very physical game anyway. Yes. Like it was not just him. I don't think he was immature for doing what he did. Like like you said, I feel like he was trusting his teammates to finish the job if he got fouled out. But I don't know. People just like to talk a lot. You know, that's how we're here. <laughs> People keep talking about how young he is. I'm like, I get it. He's 24. I get it. You know, There's three years younger is not... players in the league. There are. <laughs> what are you talking about? But it just feels like after every game, somebody's like, this young guy is, you know, really They're showing up jealous. for his team. They're just I'm jealous. like, he's been on the team for three years. He yeah. played basketball before that. He's got experience. Oh, like. Yeah, you wouldn't, made it the, you wouldn't have made it this far if he didn't have any experience. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like people, I don't know, these comments of like, oh, he's young. Or like, no, like, there was a lot of young players that you might have not even, like, noticed because he wasn't maybe as physical. But shit, there's a lot of physical players. You're just going to, so you're just going to blame it on his age. You're going to blame his gameplay or this, his style on his age. 
I really don't understand why they keep bringing up his age. Like, it's 24 young compared to Chris Paul's 36, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But honestly, if nobody told me either of their ages, I wouldn't be looking at them like, oh, that guy is old and this guy is young. It's just two players. They have somewhat of different styles. Chris Paul, you can tell his leadership skills are are more developed. Right. Um, The team seems to have a certain level of reverence for him, which if somebody said, if you had to guess which one is older, who would you pick? I'd look at that guy. I'm like... Yeah, some, for some reason, he's treated with a sense of seniority here, right? right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know why they keep bringing it up, and I just kind of wish they would focus on something else. <laughs> <laughs> How about the actual game? <laughs> well, I can't really judge people for not focusing <laughs> But... <laughs> You're just no focus on his age. No, like for real. In that last series, they they kept hitting him in the face, and I was like, they're just jealous. They're just jealous. They try to mess up his face. I can't believe this. <laughs> well, he also got hit in the face game two. He keeps getting hit in the face. Yeah, yeah true. But I, I was like, oh, shit. Like, we were watching the game, and Bush was like, oh, fuck, did he get his, bro- his nose broken again? I hope not. <laughs> Janice is getting his knee, and now Booker getting his nose. Like, let's just not, you guys. Let's just oh, man. Not. Giannis in the knee. I'm surprised he is playing Walking? Right <laughs> yes, walking. I think he was playing. Like, I mean, I was... Like, even when he got up after that hyperextension and he was walking, I was surprised at that. Because the announcers were like, let's see if he can put weight on it. That'll be the telltale sign. And in my mind, I was like, hell no. But then he he was. was, And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, (laughs) But then I thought for sure he wasn't going to be back. And then he came back for this series. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) What is happening? Hold up. Yeah. And and not only is he back, he's playing with a level of ferocity and aggressiveness that he didn't even have before. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if his career flashed before his eyes. And he's like, (laughs) YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) or, Or what? But it's just like, I'm, you know. Like I said, I want the Suns to win, but I do love Giannis. And it's like, I'm proud of the way he's playing. I'm kind of scared because I'm hoping that he's not, you know, putting unnecessary stress on, like, a lingering injury. I'm hoping this doesn't come back to bite him. Agreed. Um, But, yeah, I'm very impressed that he came back. I've been impressed from... By all the people who bounced back from injuries oh, yeah. in this postseason. So you've had, like, like just talking about the Suns and Bucks, you've had Giannis, mm-hmm. you know, coming back after that knee injury. Chris Paul dealt with this shoulder issue and bounced back from COVID. COVID. Well, I don't know how bad his symptoms were, but, you it's know, still, he's still going to get fucked up anyways at some point. He's still, he still dealt with that, came back. But I will say when Devin Booker's nose got broken, <laughs> I thought he was going to be out for the rest of the game. I don't know why he came back out and finished that game. <laughs> that like, was legit crazy. I'm like, yeah, call that immature. What? I, like, <laughs> right. Because, right, because right. Here, here was my thing. Here's what I was thinking when I was watching that. I'm like, this man went in the back and got stitches, which means one of two things. Either they stitched him up with no medication, you know, or his face is partially numb right now. <laughs> Either way, doesn't it, it doesn't sound like the type of thing that you want to go back out and play a very physical game uh-huh. while you're dealing with. Yeah. Not only that, but they stuffed gauze in his nose because, like, his nose was still bleeding, bleeding. right? <laughs> and you could see the gauze just, like, like starting to soak up the blood. Like, it was turning red. And I was like, I wish the cameras would find a different angle. This is so gross. <laughs> but I'm like, how are you running up and down the court with gauze stuffed up your nose? Uh-huh. And his nose was, like, swollen and crooked, so you can tell it was broken. I'm like, there's no way this man is not in immense levels of pain right now. Mm-hmm. Unless they gave him that good shit. In which case, you should not be playing yeah. <laughs> if you're drugged up. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I was just like, I was in awe. I was like, oh, yeah. my goodness. Like Maybe he didn't get any meds, but because of all the adrenaline still running, like, he wasn't, he was, like, numb, quote-unquote. Could be. From the adrenaline. Could be. I've been there. I will. I will never forget. I had a bout where I it was head to head contact with another skater, 
And they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh-huh. You know, and I, you know, went through the protocols. They ask you all the questions, all that yeah. stuff. I was, uh-huh. you know, no, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I realized after the game, I was like, I'm concussed. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was already in my car. I, and I was just like, yeah. I think I texted somebody and I was like, I feel like I don't have much options but to just finish this drive home. But, you know, just make sure I text you that I got home safe. But, like, and 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 I think that's part of the reason why sometimes concussion symptoms don't show up till later. I just think that adrenaline, because I finished yeah. that bout and everything. <laughs> you know, I, I sat out my three jams. Like, I got a penalty on that play. And then I sat out my three jams and then I finished. I was fine. And then later it was just like, yeah, this is not good. Same thing that has happened with like ankle injuries or like times that I've gotten cut and didn't realize I was cut until the game was over. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because that Velcro, <laughs> that Velcro will get you. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> All right. So we'll see what happens in game five. They're going to be back at Suns Arena, which I've got to make this note about Suns Arena. <laughs> let's see. Let's hear this note. I love watching games that happen at Suns Arena. They have the best music. Their fans are always just crazy. I know they talk about, like, other fans being excited. The Milwaukee fans, they were really into it. But the Suns fans just be on a whole nother level. Their music is always awesome. The music in that arena is so good, it makes the TV experience better. Like... That environment looks so fun that it makes me want to go watch a game there, like, just <laughs> to do it. Like, I, I don't normally feel that way whenever I'm, like, looking at basketball on TV. Like, if I happen to be in a city that ha- has a basketball game live and I can catch it, I will. But that's, like, the first place that I've been like, dang, I really want to go <laughs> and just, like, experience that. That seems like fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, game five happens on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I hope Devin Booker goes off again. Because, one, like, there's nothing hotter than watching good-looking men just just show the fuck off athletically. Uh-huh. Yep. And I was actually having this thought. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. I was like, would I be enjoying this series as much if there weren't so many good-looking dudes? Because <laughs> I'm just like, Giannis, Chris Paul... Devin Booker, I'm just like eye candy all day. Oh yeah, like I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, my boyfriend called Yana's my boy. My boy. Oh, they put your boy out again. Ooh, Those cool. arms, I know. It's, it's everything. That face, everything is just so cute. God, that ass, like, come on, let's all be fair. <laughs> Shit. With, with with Devin Booker, for me, it was the voice. The first time I heard him in a post-game interview and, like, how deep his voice is. And he's actually a really good speaker. He's not, like, like some athletes, they, like, talk like they just don't have shit to say ever. Mm-hmm. But, like, he always has, like, really good responses. Like, I'm like, I could just talk to you all day. Like, <laughs> I could just hear you talk all day. Right, just, just make an audio book or something. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you particularly would watch it anyways. Because you have this love for basketball that not a lot of people do. Or sports in general. Um, me, on the other hand. <laughs> I would probably watch it. I would just probably not be as focused on the game, maybe. I could see that. Yeah. Because there definitely have been some games like I would have in, in the series. Or something, you know, but like not actively watch it. Yes. I've been that way with some games and series. And honestly, I think every fan is like that to some extent. It may not be based on the same criteria, right. like who's hot and <laughs> who's not. But we all have those games where it's like, I want to know the outcome, but I don't care enough to watch it. Right, right, right. And like maybe your team is not playing, but you still care about the sport. So you have the game in the back. Right. Like not really paying attention to it. Right. You know, so. So, yeah, that's fair. All right, game five on Saturday. We'll see what happens. All right. We'll talk to you later. CP3, get it together. (laughs) All right. So, before we dip out, um, I just want to talk real quick about another couple of topics. So, first one, uh, Naomi Osaka is coming back next month from her hiatus. So, the first thing I want to bring up about her hiatus from tennis so many headlines were like, Naomi Osaka is taking a break 
because of her mental health. Now, don't get me wrong. The situation was related to her mental health. But when she decided to take her break, I wish I had a direct quote pulled up here. But what she said was that she needed a break from media scrutiny. That's what she said specifically. And the break actually came about because she, at first, was just not going to do the post-match press conferences. Mm -hmm. And that caused her to be fined. Mm -hmm. That caused her to receive a lot of criticism from the people who were running the French Open, from the media, from people in the tennis world in general. Mm -hmm. I remember even people were asking Serena about Naomi's mental health. What? What? You know, like, I guess basically trying to either validate or invalidate what Naomi was saying. And of course, Serena gave a a good answer. She always does. Basically saying that not everybody is, is the same. Right. So people will respond differently to certain things, and she couldn't answer for Naomi. That's fair. But just even the fact that they were asking Serena, instead of just respecting what Naomi was saying... To me, I was like, this is what she's talking about. Right. I'm like, I don't know how often you watch post-game or post-match interviews, but sometimes those questions are just like, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional athlete that gets paid for what I do, but I have played games that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And if I had to then go in a room and listen to people basically say like, um, yeah, so do you feel like shit that you like played like trash today? <laughs> Like, how do you feel about the fact that it could very well be your fault that your team lost this game? Like, do you think your your teammates hate you now? Like, how, what do you think the future is for for you on this team right now after suffering this debilitating loss? Tell us. <laughs> and it's like, you're still just trying to, like, probably get past being upset about something that happened in the game. Maybe you are upset about your performance. And they basically just want to pour salt oh, in yeah. these oh, wounds. They are. They literally are. <laughs> they literally are. That's what I meant earlier when I was like, the press is messy. Yes, yes, it's very, it's So, very of course, messy. they're going to ask Giannis, like, why he left at some point. I will never forget <laughs> because this was a moment that happened in maybe it was the 2000, might have been the 2016 Olympics, I think. I don't remember which one, but it was a, there was a gymnastics competition, um, and I remember they had the mics on some of the, the female gymnasts. And they were, like, listening to them in between their floor routines, which I, like, once again, me being a female athlete, I'm like, you might not want to do that. <laughs> and I remember, because, <laughs> like, sometimes we're talking about things that are okay. Sometimes we're talking about things that just should not be broadcast on national cool, television. Like 100%. <laughs> and I remember um, they started talking. One of them um, stepped down from doing their floor routine, and they were like, oh, my, her teammates were like, oh, my God, you did so good. And she was like, oh, man. I felt like I was going to vomit. And another one was like, oh, I felt like I was going to vomit earlier. So now you basically have these four <laughs> girls talking about puking on national television, which they probably weren't even thinking about the fact that they were mic'd. But yeah. because, like, you know, the media's got to get as, as much as they can. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we need mics in the locker room. We need mics on the sideline. We need mics on the gymnast. We want to hear everything. Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> it's, it's a too lot. Much. Or even, like, with Giannis's injury, like, that was a hyperextended knee, and they played that mess over and over and over oh. again. And I'm like, would y'all give this man some privacy oh, to, like, ride on the floor and pin? And the rest of us. I don't want to have to dry heave anymore. Like, I'm okay. I don't need to watch this anymore. I already watched it. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Naomi Osaka, I felt like, like, as soon as she said what she said, I was like, she's got a point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that just because athletes are, like, some people are like, well, this is your job. You signed up for it. And it's like, but I, I don't think people really always realize the toll that something will take on them when they sign up for it. Not to mention that maybe she's evolved over time. Maybe years ago she was okay with that and now she notices the the toll that it's taking on her. Mm -hmm. But I think we... um, I think one, because professional athletes get paid so much, people almost act like they don't deserve a a certain level of consideration and respect because it's like... Like they're not human beings anymore. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It came up with uh, when LeBron was talking about NBA players being injured, which I'll talk about in a second. But it was that same idea that, like, you get paid so much money, you know, shut up and deal with the ramifications of your sport. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what happened here. Between the money and this idea that professional athletes are so, quote, unquote, tough, Mm -hmm. their humanity gets taken away. Mm -hmm. And it's so unfortunate that it takes so much and that players have to sacrifice so much just to feel like they're respected and just to feel like 
their mental health is being taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she said that she's, uh, Naomi Osaka said that she's uh, coming back in August. And there's actually a Netflix docuseries that's going to come out um, based on Naomi Osaka's life as a professional tennis athlete for the, for the past couple of years. So according to Yahoo Entertainment, the three-part series debuting Friday, that's tomorrow, mm-hmm. is a contemplative, intimate look at a young athlete finding her way. Um, film of major tournaments, wins, and losses is interwoven with scenes of Osaka's time with family and her boyfriend, the rapper Corday. Her training and business demands, Osaka's reflections on her career, multiracial identity, and the death of mentor Kobe Bryant, and her decision to protest police killings of black men and women. So that's going to cover a lot. Um, <laughs> but so, like I said, when she when she withdrew, she said she withdrew to take a break from media scrutiny. But all the headlines were like, oh, it's her mental health. It's like, no, it's not her mental health. It's y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, the media isn't going to be like, she's withdrawing because we're a bunch of assholes. Yeah, that's what, what they will never be considered assholes to themselves. You know, this is my job. But yeah, but what you don't understand is that's her job, too. And you're not, if, if you want to be taken into consideration to do your job, then let her do her job. Right. But she's not the first athlete to kind of talk about the fact that, that other athletes do deal with mental health issues. So you had Michael Phelps in 2014. Um, he dealt with a DUI that led to depression and a situation where he was com- contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. And he's done interviews where he's talked about this. Um, and he spent... 45 days in the treatment facility. Uh, Kevin Love last year received the Arthur Ashe Award at the ESPYs um, for his work on mental health awareness and for um, shedding a light on anxiety and depression issues. And he's talked publicly about a, a panic attack that he had during a game that was so intense it was physically debilitating. Like he felt like he couldn't go back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is something that comes up every now and then, and it's something that I thought about recently with the situation with Richard Sherman, um, that there have been a few headlines about, but I haven't really seen a lot of it talked about as far as like the popular <clears throat> sports shows, and maybe that's because so many details are unfolding. But one of the first things that I noticed about Richard Sherman's re- recent situation was the headlines. So the first headlines that I started getting notifications for said that Richard Sherman was arrested for burglary domestic violence. Yeah, that sounds pretty effing bad, right? But I was like, domestic violence and burglary. Okay, he's married. So if it was domestic violence, it would have had to have been committed against his wife. Mm -hmm. So then how is it burglary if he's breaking into his own house? His own house, right. And so I was like, something about this seems weird. So the articles that I started reading, everyone kept saying... The home, a home, the occupant. So I was like, okay, so either he's got another family somewhere. Yeah, or life was happening. Right, or like something's going on with this family life. I'm like, this is, it was just an odd way for the story to be reported. So come to find out, there was a situation where he um, was driving impaired, intoxicated, crashed into a construction zone, and then later he ended up at an in-law's house and was trying to get in. And it's hard to say what happened because, like, as articles keep coming out, more details keep coming out. Right. And so the latest set of details says that he was depressed and suicidal, and then he got into his vehicle and was driving. And so I'm wondering if he made a bad decision to drive, crashed, got scared because of who he is, didn't want to get a DUI, and then ended up at an in-law's house and they either didn't recognize him because he was drunk and belligerent or or something, and that's why they wouldn't let him in. It's it's really hard to tell what exactly happened. So maybe that's why nobody is talking about it, but I'm talking about it because one of one of the most significant things to me was that all these headlines at first said domestic violence, which makes it sound like he beat somebody up. Turns out he didn't actually assault anyone. It was called domestic violence because of his relationship to the people inside the home, his in-laws, that he was trying to break into. And I'm just like, 
why would y'all say domestic violence? Yes. Like, that was a misleading headline. Why would they say it? For clicks, of course. But Well, yeah, because then exactly. That's exactly it. But I want you to listen to this 911 call. And I was really upset with this dispatcher. But I want you to hear this and, and then tell me your thoughts. I feel like I'm about to get triggered. <laughs> Dispatch operator. You should have been home that day. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're the one that needed a dispatch too, girl. <laughs> Fuck. She just sounded insensitive as hell. Yes. Like, <laughs> like how can you have that job? Like, listen, I understand everybody get everybody has days, everybody, you know, has stuff in their lives. I understand that. But I'll, you also need to take mental days, dude. Like, if you're gonna go to work to help people in actual danger for X amount of hours a day and you feel like you can do it, don't go to work. I feel like I learned better interpersonal skills working for Verizon Wireless. (laughs) Seriously, there were so many things I heard on that call that I'm just like, yeah, when I was working customer service for Verizon, 
Like, I, my supervisor would have pulled me to the side and been like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> what are you saying? These customers are having issues with their phone. You need to be a little bit more empathetic. That's what I would have gotten. Yeah. Here this woman is, you know, oh, dealing Lord. with this traumatic situation with her husband. And this dispatcher is just like, ma'am, I need you to stop. Yes. Don't say that to yes. me. You listen. <laughs> what do you mean you listen? What? And I understand that there was information that she had that she needed, right? That That I understand. What I'm saying is her tone, yes. her verbiage, yes. just did not the whole demeanor. None of nothing about her demeanor said I'm trying to help you. Right. You know, I I assure you that I can help you. Like, right. Nothing about it said that. So like the, the I don't, first... maybe these dispatch operators need to go and get training at Verizon Wireless. <laughs> <laughs> Figure some things out. <laughs> Maybe they do. Just wait a couple of tables, man. That will give, that will give me some customer too. Like I don't know. That's like you're supposed to be calming the person calling down. That's what you're supposed to be doing, not stressing them out more than they already are going through this very traumatic experience at this specific moment mm-hmm. like right now and the only thing that you're doing is adding stress to the to the situation you're not you're not helping yeah but one thing i was thinking about as i was listening to that just now i was thinking about what i said before the clip when i said you know basically along the lines of the the press doesn't care and i was like well maybe that's why it hasn't been discussed on tv maybe they are trying to be considerate for what's going on with his family and what may or may not be going on with his mental health because like as soon as you really publicize things like that people start making all kinds of assumptions you know um and so it looks like the most recent headlines say that he has been released from jail initially um, he was being held without bail because um, that is the protocol for a domestic violence situation. But I, but that was one of the things that I took issue with because I was like, this isn't that kind of domestic violence right. situation. He mm. doesn't need to be incarcerated. He doesn't need to be mm. held in, in jail without no bail. Yeah. He needs to be in a treatment facility. Um, he needs, so, a, he needs a, a therapist. That's what he needs. He needs, he needs help. That's what he needs. When she started saying, like, he was threatening, like, to kill himself. Because she never said that he was threatening somebody else's life. She never said that she felt like somebody else's life was in danger besides him. Right. Like, she said, like, he's threatening with killing himself, hanging himself, like, whatever. Like, that should have been enough for the dispatcher to be like, all right, we're going to take this. And that was like almost very, like not at the very beginning, but very early in the call. Right. And if you listen to it, chill the fuck up after that. If you listen to what she's saying, she's afraid not only that he will hurt himself, she's afraid that the cops are going to kill him. Yes. And I'm like, that woman had to have been. Yes, don't shoot him. Tell him to not shoot him. I cannot imagine the level of just stress and Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. that she must have felt. Mm-hmm. In those moments. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the most recent news is that a King County District Court judge determined that Sherman committed criminal trespassing, malicious mischief, driving under the influence, and resisting arrest. So I guess the domestic violence bit has kind of been dropped. Mm-hmm. He was initially booked on a felony residential burglary. Uh, Sherman is not allowed to have contact with his father in law, and he cannot use alcohol or non prescription drugs, the judge ordered. Um, That's fair. Sherman was investigated for two incidents that occurred in the early morning hours of July 14th. The driver of the vehicle, which was registered to Sherman, crashed into a construction site somewhere along Highway 520 before driving off. The damaged vehicle was found was found less than a mile away, abandoned. So, there's that. There's a lot more to it. You know, there was an issue with the police dogs, which um, he suffered a couple of injuries uh, from the dogs, and it seems like he's okay. Um, and so, other Why than did that, they bring dogs. I'm not sure. I, I can't answer that. <laughs> are they? Are they? Are they like on a on a shortage of cops somewhere? Somewhere? I mean, there were there what were, in I, this country? I don't know how cops got involved, or I don't know how dogs got involved in that particular altercation. <laughs> I thought I thought dogs were for like sniffing out drugs. Yeah. So I'm like, if a man gets involved in an altercation with police officers, like, are are we sicking dogs on people now? (laughs) 
That's what it sounds like happened because that's that's what it said. I was I like that really like got me like wait what? And here's how they described it. They said Lowe said a police dog was used to help arrest him. What? And Sherman suffered a cut on his lower leg as a result. Oh, so the dog was kidding. The, the dog, the, the, yeah, the the dog wasn't carrying the, the handcuffs. The handcuffs <laughs> a dog helped arrest. A dog helped arrest him, and he suffered a cut on his lower leg. Probably from the dog's teeth. Yes! That's a, that's a really interesting way to say, like, yeah, we sick the dog on him. Like, that's wild. That's wild. That, that conversation is, a, is literally a whole different topic. Oh, well, yeah. But yes, yes, I know. I'm it's, just saying there's, there's a reason why a lot of people wish that people trained to deal with certain situations could be called out for stuff like this instead of police officers that oh. need dogs to help them arrest yes. someone. You could have sent a social worker, you know, <laughs> or a therapist. Uh, well, he, he, he also was fighting the cops. I don't know if he could well, send a social well, worker. But, but, but we, don't, we don't know how the system. cops showed up either. Like, if they, if they showed up and be like, oh, 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 already, and you're already, like, all riled up, there's a big chance you're going to, yeah. quote, unquote, fight back. Um, but yeah, so that situation just had me thinking about, uh, athletes' mental health and just like how little consideration we tend to give it as fans. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to be honest, I don't know what, what the real answer is. Cause even in this situation, it's not like Richard Sherman has been in the press a lot recently. So this isn't something that we can blame on media coverage. Right. Um, but could it possibly be related to expectations that he feels he's falling short of because of his celebrity? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't know. And so I'm not really bringing this up because I feel like I have an answer. I'm more so bringing it up just to, just to shine a light on it and just to remind people like, Mm -hmm. they're also humans. They're also humans. humans. (laughs) They have problems. They do suffer depression, anxiety, like any other person. They do suffer from addiction like any other person they are human beings just right like and else. and like other human beings their bodies can break down and they and they deal with physical injuries exactly and that's why i thought it was just so odd for some of the talking heads to say things about lebron like you get paid x amount of millions of dollars how can you complain yes. about mm-hmm. not recovering properly and i'm like their inability to recover properly, the lack of time to rest and recover properly can have an impact on their career, right. on their legacy. Like we've seen we've seen so many conversations happen during these playoffs talking mm-hmm. about, oh well, had so and so not been injured, would their team have won this series? And so it's like we won't ever have the real answer to that question. Right. We can speculate. But the fact of the matter is those injuries are affecting their legacy. So even if a person is making millions of dollars, I don't think it's out of pocket for them to be like, hey, like, you know, we're kind of being run ragged here. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, we're not machines. Right. Could, could you please consider our physical health? Yes. I don't think that's out of line, regardless of how much money oh, you're I making. Oh, I know. They should. How are they going to, that's what you were saying, like how are they going to perform to their 100% on the next game or whenever they can play if they don't heal properly from the injury that they have. Right. I, I don't think we should but just... Then they, think, but then they would be judged too. Like, oh, they're back and now they can't even play. They're not even doing this. Yeah, we like, saw it happen with Anthony Davis. Like, he got an injury and, you know, people started talking, oh, he's so injury prone. Um, the, the head trainer for the Lakers got fired. And maybe maybe the head trainer deserved to be fired. I don't know. Yeah. Because I know I was thinking, and I was just like, what? Well, there's a reason. <laughs> there's probably a reason. You know? If he's not healing properly, of course he's going to get injured again and again and again. Like, that's just how injuries work. That's just how it works. If anybody has been in the sports world for, like, a minute, if you play any sports, you know if you get hurt, you need to heal for you to come back to play. Right. Period. Even if you don't get hurt, any any strength and conditioning professional right. will tell you that if you are not recovering properly, you're increasing your risk of injury, right? right? So if you're not getting enough of a rest period, if you are mm-hmm. like one of the things about training as an athlete is that you typically will train certain things during certain parts of the year. And for a lot of athletes, um, the off season is like their strength and hypertrophy season. And then like preseason and during the season is when they're working on things like uh, physical conditioning 
and also, you know, maintaining some of their other skills like explosiveness, agility, whatever it is that they happen to need during the season, right? right. So if you are not given enough time during the offseason to not only heal mentally and physically because mental fatigue is a thing, adrenal fatigue is a thing, 100%. overtraining, if you don't get um, enough time to bounce back from it, it can affect you for months, mm-hmm. for months. So it's like if you end the season overtrained and you don't have enough time to both improve your strength and get past your overtraining, and then the season starts again, you might never get past it. And so it could be... it could be something that's happening mentally, like as far as your awareness that's causing you to maybe compensate or play in different ways that ultimately leads to an injury. Or it could be literally that your body isn't healing properly because right. your trainer's like, well, you have to do X, Y, Z for mm-hmm. 90 days. Mm-hmm. And if that means your rest period gets cut short because of that, and you're like, well, I'm doing this for my team and I do it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I won't get too deep into it. All I'm <laughs> saying is that certain things happen during certain parts of the year. And that strength phase of training is important because the strengthening of your muscles is what strengthens your body to be able to undergo all the stress that you put on it during athletic competition. So if they're not given enough time to rest and train during that period, yes, it will have bad ramifications, especially when you're playing over 80 games in a season. So there's that. Yeah, that's also crazy. (laughs) The amount of games that they play, I'm like, wow, how are you still like standing? Yeah, and so that's why I'm just like, yeah, they're making some of them. They're not even all making millions of dollars. Right. But the uh, ones who aren't aren't playing as much. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, even though they are making a lot of money, because even the people on the bench are still making what I would consider a lot of money. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> it's just another example of we're not going to consider your humanity in this situation. Right. We're going to look at this privilege you have and be like, you should shut up and dribble. Right. Even though, let's be real, those same talking heads, like when, when people are telling them to shut up and dribble about you know their social justice initiatives, it was problem but then they're talking about their personal (laughs) physical health and it's just like i don't know what you're talking about you need to just shut up and play the game Mm -hmm. i was just like what he's he's trying to teach out something he's trying to make a point shut up and listen (laughs) listen sometimes listen sometimes okay so the last thing that i want to talk about is candace parker um and the (laughs) nba 2k cover i love candace parker oh my goodness um like, she's just one of those women athletes that I just, like, like she just dominates her sport. And she does it in, in a way that nobody else does it. Like, I just love watching her play. I love watching her compete. She just brings something to the game, like, just in her character. Like, not to mention her skill, but in her character, she brings something something to the game that I just don't see in everybody. I love it. Um, so, yeah, apparently um, the people who make NBA 2K agree to some level. They put her on a cover. So, congrats, yes. Candace. Congrats, Candace. Um, she's the only woman to be on the cover of any of the games in the NBA 2K franchise. And they have multiple covers. And so, this was for the GameStop exclusive cover. So, I'll say from the press, from celebs, from professional athletes, I've seen a lot of applause, praise, congratulations. But it's like the, <laughs> the fans, like... Yes, these are just randos on Twitter, so maybe I shouldn't care, but I just really don't understand (laughs) why people have such a problem with women, with a woman being on the cover of NBA 2K. Like, what's the problem? Like, why are you threatened by this? Why is it an issue? I don't know. It's it's a very misogynistic, like, why is she up there? I could have been up there. (laughs) No, they can't. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I just, I... I just, I wish I understood it. Because some of the comments I was seeing, and I don't know if people are saying this for shock value, but somebody was like, women should be, women's places in the kitchen, not on the cover of NBA 2K. Bitch, go home, home, read some books, listen to some people, and stop saying bullshit. And just that, and people just generally being upset, like, women don't need to be a part of everything that we do, and, you know, why is a woman on this cover? And I'm like, because, because she's she a fucking beast. It. Yes! Like, yes, exactly. Exactly. I just, I really was trying hard to understand. So, you know, here's my history lesson for the listeners out there. So, <laughs> I don't necessarily expect the WNBA to have as many fans as the NBA. I don't necessarily expect the women to make as much money right now. And here's why. 
The sport is relatively young. Okay. The WNBA was founded in 1996. Mm-hmm. So that was... Two what? minutes in history. <laughs> Two minutes ago. <laughs> so that was like... 24 25 years ago. Year, mm-hmm. Yeah, 24, 25 mm-hmm. years ago. That wasn't very long in the grand scheme of things, especially when you consider the fact that the NBA was founded in 1949. <laughs> and the leagues that existed to come together to create the NBA, well, really it was that one league, um, the, the Basketball Association of America absorbed the National Basketball League. And they together made the um, Na- National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. So there were professional leagues that existed before that, right? Right. So we're talking about the 1940s, a time <laughs> when a woman... Most of y'all weren't even born, so... <laughs> right. A woman... It wasn't an option or even a thought that a woman right. would be mm-hmm. an, an athlete, especially this type of athlete. Like, you know, thinking about um, gender being a social construct, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's come up a lot with National Non-Binary People's Day being yesterday, or Mm -hmm. International Non-Binary People's Day Mm -hmm. being yesterday. Um, You know, so a lot of conversations about gender being a social construct, and it's like, if you think about it in this context, in the 1940s, it's like a woman like you and I who... (laughs) You know, I'm sitting here in sweatpants. You're wearing shorts. You know, we've both been to the gym today. Uh We would be considered genderqueer just for doing that. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like we're leaving the house. We're unmarried. No Mm -hmm. makeup on. Driving our own cars. Lifting lifting heavy weights. Who do we think we are? Like, (laughs) so it's like the the, um, professional basketball was able to establish itself before women would have even had a remote opportunity right. to do so. Yeah. Right. And then when you think about the fact that, you know, fandoms, they grow generationally. So mm-hmm. we've seen studies of the psychology of sports fans that kind of show that like people who play the, who play a certain game as a youth will often grow to love it as an adult. Right. So once these sports like football and basketball exist for so many decades, you end up with these households where it's like a kid grows up playing the sport and their dad also grew up playing the sport. Mm-hmm. So it's just like in their blood, it's in their home, yeah. they're into it, you know? And even women like me, I didn't grow up playing basketball, but when I started to love basketball, you know, I was, you know, busy falling in love with Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman when (laughs) the WNBA was being created. So it's like, I didn't grow up watching women's sports like that. So this period in time is really the first opportunity for women's basketball to develop that generational level of love and appreciation that these other sports have experienced, Mm -hmm. right? So it's very young in that sense. And I say all that to say, like, I'm not one of these people out here who, like, we're like, women's basketball players should be paid the same. You know, I'm like, I think they'll get to that point. Absolutely. And I really admire the amount of work that the NBA is doing to help the WNBA get to that point. Mm -hmm. I love seeing all these ventures where NBA players are sharing the spotlight with WNBA players, like Chris Paul and his State Farm commercials, um, like LeBron James in uh, in Space Jam 2. You know, there were were WNBA players brought in for that project. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sue Bird did something recently. I can't remember if it was another state farm commercial or something else Mm -hmm. but you know even talking about the WNBA during breaks um like timeouts for the nba playoff games yeah um and i i know it's not a lot but it's it's something you know they're they're doing a lot to help the WNBA, you know end up being a success and it just really made me think about, like, there was a promotion, and I haven't seen it in a while. Basically a video saying, like, hey, all these things that you keep saying, like, we're not physical enough, we don't trash talk, we don't dunk. Like, it's not true. We do all those things. Yeah. The only problem is that you're not watching. And I'm inclined to believe them, because recently there was a game between the Chicago Sky and the Washington Mystics, where there just so happened to be a nearby AAU tournament taking place. And the the some of the competitors and other attendees at the AEU tournament ended up attending this particular game. That arena was packed. Mm-hmm. The crowd was hype. Mm-hmm. They were into it. They were doing the wave. The game was physical. The atmosphere looked like so much fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these people had a reason to go. You know, they were more motivated to watch than the, the typical person, right? right? So, like I said, the, the WNBA hasn't been around as long So it's not so much that I expect them to get everything right now, um, but I do believe that we're getting to a point where their fan base is going to grow, their coverage is Mm -hmm. going to increase, 
And, and so I'm just like, yeah, this is one step in a very good direction. I won't even call it the right direction. Like it was a marketing move by a video game company. So they did what they felt was right, but it was one step in a good direction for for women's basketball. And I'm just like, why do so many people have a problem with this? (laughs) Like, why is it 2021 and we're still dealing with this perception of women that quite frankly, I don't even understand what the perception is right now. Like when I say I don't understand why they have such a problem with her being on the cover, I literally don't get it. Sometimes I'll look at things and I'm like, I see why they're pissed off. I don't like it, but I see it. But this one, I was just like, (laughs) are you really that threatened by the idea of a woman not fitting this little box of what you think a woman should be or where you think that she would be that it, that it just bothers you this much? Mm -hmm. Like seriously? Yeah. I mean, I don't see another another explanation. But like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I will ever understand why some men feel so threatened by a woman that's doing better than them. That's it. That's it. <laughs> why? Like, can you can you just <laughs> if you would have been any other. Uh, 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 Male player from the NBA. Nobody would have said nothing. I don't know if nobody would have said anything because sometimes there is pushback about a certain well, man. Would have been but it's usually oh, he's because too young. he's just immature. <laughs> that would too young to be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it, but it's usually something like that. It's usually like it should have been another man, right? I've like nobody would ever be like. I can't believe you put a man on the yeah, Right, 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 right. Because it's, it's understood that that's what you're supposed to do. Like I so saw it's one out person of the norm, quote unquote, to put a woman on the cover. I saw one person who was like, if you put anybody on the cover, it should have been Sue Bird. And you know, they made legitimate arguments for why Sue Bird should have been on the cover. Okay. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't I don't but appreciate you. Not behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> appreciate you suggesting that you know candace parker shouldn't be on the cover like she's a fucking shit right. but <laughs> at least you made a legitimate argument but all these people are like a woman <laughs> <laughs> how dare but you know this the is the point that we we have to remind ourselves and each other a lot of people on twitter are immature teenagers like actual children yeah um so we no, don't know who we're dealing with <laughs> like this is not a, a, a an accurate sample of um, the the people that represent views across the world, these could very well all be children. So, I mean, yeah, might as well or be like middle-aged white men that they feel very threatened by having a also woman be player on a cover. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not hot enough for them. Maybe she's not cute enough to be in a cover. Like. She's really cute. I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not my opinion. Don't tell you. No, 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 no. This is what I think they might think. That's why. Because, I don't know. There's, yeah. She's not feminine enough or she's not, you know, like. Oh, Lord. I know. Oh. <laughs> Girl, you're talking to me. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird. It's weird when I hear these things still on 2021 being an issue. Like it's twenty twenty one. What do you want? What What do you want? I mean, now I know what they want. Like, well, <laughs> I I think for a lot of men, especially the ones who have the audacity to go on Twitter and you know slander someone who's clearly accomplishing great things in her career, it seems like they just you know they just want to be turned on. Like a woman's place is like you know turn me on, cook for me. You're not supposed to be out here, the star of your own story. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what do you think this is? Right. Um, you know, even there were even some comments that kind of suggested that, like, oh, the WNBA, like, WNBA players should, you know, know their place, you know, in the shadows of the NBA, you know, just stuff like that. Just as almost like uh, the WNBA is nothing more than a charity case to the NBA and they shouldn't be trying to, you know, advance as a sport or as athletes themselves. So what? I know what they want. That's like crazy. When, when in in the league before the one I'm I'm in now, I remember trying to make some marketing moves for that league and I talked to a, a former friend of mine now who um at the time was a marketing professional and I was like, you know, what do you think we could do differently, you know, like and he and he was like um why don't you hire models for your game posters? 
And I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa, we always what? put we always put a star skater on one of the posters. And he's like, yeah, but I think that might be the issue. You know, y'all just aren't pretty enough. <laughs> and I was just like, I wish y'all could see my face. <laughs> and I hope y'all, y'all's face is just like mine. And That's was, fucking crazy. Yeah, but but I mean, he said that in all earnestness. Like, yeah, if you want more people to come to your bouts, you should put models on the cover, and more people will want to come to the bouts. And and he just said that like it was just so matter of so fact, so casual. Yes. Yeah, and I was just like, no, we're we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, don't get me wrong. Some of my teammates are hot, you know, but I'm like, we're not. They could have put you in the fucking cover. <laughs> Shit. Oh man, I was never good enough to make a poster at that time. <laughs> but I'm like, so I'm like, I don't know if they wanted Candace Parker to be posed in a bikini. That's what I'm saying. Like, is that what you're expecting? Like, yeah, I play basketball, but on the sidelines, you know. <laughs> what? I, yeah. So, but yeah, the the whole thing was just weird to me. I was just like, because when I when I saw other professional athletes, I was just like, yes, I love seeing this positive response. And I think I I was hoping fans, especially fans of those specific athletes, would take that cue and also you know be excited. Especially considering like there's more than one cover. Like if you really want a cover with a man on it, if it matters that much to you, um, well, if, put a sticker. On like it. if you love men that much, <laughs> like, I mean. Hey, hey, maybe that's your issue. I mean, <laughs> who knows? You know? Um, but like, you can you can just buy another cover. You don't have to talk shit on Twitter. But well, you know, people are very very uh, brave behind a keyboard. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, they definitely would say none of that to her. Face. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to have this conversation with them face to face, oh. Yeah, I mean, Uh-oh. like us, like all the athletes that they talk about, if they were actually to see them face to face, they would never say half the stuff. Yes. I would, though. If I saw <laughs> Devin Booker, I would tell him to his face That's how exactly sexy he is. Saying, yeah, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> I would tell you straight up. Like, nah, dude. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> this has been the first episode of Bitches Who Love Sports. Bitches. I'm Bitch 2. I'm Bitch 1. Y'all have a good night. Night and day. And whatever time it is.